you have a Bible with you this morning, turn with me to the epistle or the letter to Philippi, Philippians chapter 1, Philippians chapter 1. I don't know about you this morning, but I am glad that it is a new week. It was a rough week for the guy who is talking right now. Um, it wasn't so rough as some of our church family went through this week with the uh, passing of baby Elijah. And uh, him going to, to see Jesus. But uh, had a tough week. Um, Jay and Amanda Lemons are here today. And uh, you will hear from them. I tried to get him to preach for me. Um, I told him I was going to call him out from the stage. But uh, where that came from, Wednesday night I was stuck. They were in Hampton, Virginia. And they were being commissioned uh, Wednesday evening to uh, serve um, abroad, and uh, you will hear from them the first Sunday in October. Is that right? You will preach for me then? Okay. Um, and uh, my truck broke down. I, I thought y'all were going to have to get a new preacher um, for one of two reasons, because I was either going to hit the 18-wheeler on my right or I was going to go over the edge of the cliff in the Smoky Mountains on my left. Tuesday night, I was trying to get to uh, Johnson City and uh, lay my head down with the uh, Fields family. But about 20 miles outside of Knoxville, I could take my steering wheel and go like this right here about two and a half times before my tires would turn, doing 75 miles an hour. Not a good thing. My brakes did work, and I immediately um, started hitting them. And um, I spent the night Tuesday night in a hotel. I spent all day Wednesday in a Ford dealership, and um, they told me $1,507 later, here's what's wrong with your vehicle. Well, I'll get back to Jay in just a second. As I'm leaving there, I, um, I left something that I normally bring up here. It's a clock, and it's also a note taker, and it's called an iPad. And um, I left it in the dealership just to say, you're really not in charge, Brian. And um, Thursday, I'm supposed to sit down with my pastor that was my pastor for 16 years. I surrendered under the ministry. Um, at his church, and uh, I was supposed to have lunch with him and talk about um, the Holy Spirit and the Spirit-filled life. He and his wife, um, just great mentors in my life. And I called him and I said, Brother Al, I'm really just ready to go to the house. So I I'm going to get my truck when it's ready, and I'm just going to drive to the house. And um, But I surprised him. His church was on the way to uh, the house, and uh, they had prayer meeting, they had uh, service on Wednesday night, and I surprised him, and I walked in 15 minutes early 
to prayer meeting, and when I did, he said, hey, Brian, you're preaching tonight. And I said, no, I'm not. I'm not going to preach tonight. He said, yeah, you are. I said, Brother Al, I don't even have a Bible. And so he reached on the bookshelf, and he said, here's one. You preach. I said, yes, sir, I will. Um, You know what? Even though it's a tough week, maybe you've had one of those, and that's just uh, through Wednesday I want take the rest of my time this morning telling you about this weekend, but even if that is kind of what your week was like, or that's what your two weeks ago was like, or maybe that's, I hope not, but maybe that's what your week's coming up to be, it's great to know that Jesus paid it all. It's great to know, like the psalmist, as uh, we were singing those, I turned over to the Psalms and I was reading some of the Psalms of the Ascent. Psalm 135 states this, Praise the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Give praise, O servants of the Lord, who stand in the house of the Lord, in the courts of the house of our God. Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Amen? For the Lord is good. Sing to his name, for it is pleasant. For the Lord has chosen Jacob for himself, Israel as his own possession. For I know that the Lord is great and that our Lord is above all gods. He, it was, who struck down the firstborn of Egypt. For the Lord will vindicate his people and have compassion on his servants. The idols of the nations are silver and gold. The work of human hands. They have mouths but do not speak. They have eyes but do not see. O house of Israel, bless the Lord. O house of Aaron, bless the Lord. O house of Levi, bless the Lord. You who fear the Lord, bless the Lord. O river Ben, bless the Lord. No matter what your week has been like, we, just as those who were ascending to Jerusalem to worship, we should bless the Lord. Philippians chapter 1. I'll get to my sermon now. Philippians chapter 1. Last week and this week, we have found ourselves looking at our mission statement. The mission statement for Riverbend Church is connecting to the community and celebrating Christ. We looked last week at uh, one of the three words, love, link, and live. We looked at love and we talked about loving God and we talked about loving others as uh, Paul prayed for the people at Philippi and these, this church that he loved, this church that he was kind of encouraging and he was standing there and he was mentoring them, he was writing to them, hey, finish strong, understand who you are in Christ, know this, that it's better for me as we will see today, it's better for me to remain here with you, I want to go to be with Christ, but it's far better for me to be here, even though I want to be there, it's better for your sake that I remain. And Paul's writing because he loves them, and he says to them, I want your love to be full. So we talked about love last week. This morning, I want us to spend a few moments looking at the topic or the aspect of link, 
linking together. Linking together for your growth and that for the whole body. If you have a copy of God's Word, read with me silently as I read aloud. If you don't have a copy of God's Word, I believe the verses will be on the screen. But I want to read for us Philippians chapter 1. As I read it, I want you to be thinking this. This is a letter to you. You are God's body. You are a church. You're a member of a church. You're, if you are a Christian today, you are a part of his body, and he has written this for you. He's written this for you as an individual, and he's written this for us as a local body. So I want you to think about that as I read. Here's what Paul writes to the folks at Philippi. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to its completion as at the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of rivalry, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. Yes, and I will rejoice, for I know that through your prayers, he's telling the church, through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. As it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Let that one soak in. For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I'm to live on in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which I shall choose. Yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. 
I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come to see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, and not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation and that from God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I bow before you. God, I ask that as we look at this passage, Father, you would speak into our hearts and into our lives today. Not just so that we can have a a nugget, not just so that we can have a point, a blurb, a bullet that we can just go home and say, yeah, there was a point to it for me. But, Father, that we might experience you. Father, we need you. We need you to be so real to us, so real to me, that it would be just like Paul saying, for me to to live is Christ. That if you give me another breath, if you give us another day, another week, that we would exhale, we would exude, we would sweat, we would work Christ. Father, that's what my family needs to see. That's what my neighbors need to see. That's what this church needs to see from me. You. So, Father, I pray that you would speak. I pray that you would anoint this time. And this is your word. We stand on it. And Father, you would break the walls down of our heart. And Father, you would meet us exactly where we are. Some of us are so hurt. Some of us, Father, are so drained. Some of us are are on the mountaintop. It was a great week, but Father, we still need you. Some of us are just getting by. Would you speak? And we will give you praise. And we will bless your name for you are God. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Link together For your growth and also that of the whole body. Paul understood, even though he didn't use that term, so to speak, he understood what that term meant. He he understood that it was not the Paul show. For those that have gone through Riverbend Basics, I take just a few moments and I tell 
all those who have gone through it. This is not the Brian Tillman show. This is not the Stephen Wright, the Clay Taylor. This, this is not the staff show. This is God's church. Paul understood it. He understood that we had to link together. He had to link together with others, and he was doing just that as he wrote this letter to this church. Thursday night, I found myself sitting in Keith and Kathy Gustafson's living room there with Brandon and Angel and um, Brooke, and uh, I was just talking with them, and they they were uh, they were down, but uh, Caden was there about every five minutes to uh, make us all laugh. And uh, I was sitting there talking with Keith. Everybody was listening, and um, he said, "Brian, I really don't understand how people make it through something like this without Jesus." They got me thinking. We talked and. Friday morning, I woke up and I, I went to Baptist because um, we had a, a member there, and um, I went to visit with the family there. and And as I walked through the doors at Baptist, I, I made it a point. And I know I don't normally do this. Y'all are gonna think I'm weird, and y'all are gonna not want to see me in the hospital. But I made a point to do this. Let me tell you what I normally do. I normally go to the front desk, get the number, go as fast as I can up to the room. Spend my time with the family or with the uh, individual there in the room. Pray for them. And I come back down and I go out, get my car, get my truck and leave. But Keith's words stuck. And I remember staying in a hospital for weeks with Paige. And that same thought came across. How do people make it through without Jesus? And so I... I walked through the door, and I started making eye contact with people. And I just stood there. I didn't say a word to them. I just stood there, and I, I looked at them until they looked at me. And my thought was, when they looked at me, is that guy making it? And then they'd look away, and I'd still be looking at them. And they'd look back at me, and... I'd still be looking at them. And then they're like, I got to move. <laughs> but my whole thought was, are they making it? And nonchalantly, I spoke it to Keith. And I said, Keith, and, and I've probably said it to all of you. Who's to say they are making it? Who's to say you're making it through this week and there's no big issue without Jesus? Might I tell you, you're not making it? You're not. I, I'm not. Without Jesus, I'm not making it through this week. Paul understood that. He said, I am praying for you. Why? Because I hold you in my heart. You're right here with me. And I want your very best for you. And here's the very best for you. The very best for you is to come alongside your brothers and sisters there at Philippi and for you to link together, to connect together, to come and be in unity with one another for the gospel. 
God never wanted mankind to be alone. Ever. He created you and He created me with a God-sized vacuum inside of us so that we would have fellowship with Him. He created you, ma'am. He created you, sir, with this understanding that you needed a mate. He created you and He created me to, with the desire and the need to be single members in a local body to serve Him. He created us for community. And if you and I are not in community with Him, if you and I are not in community with our spouses, with our family, if you and I are not in community with one another, we're not making it. Turn the page. Paul understood it. And I'm going to try to read some names that Paul connected with, that Paul linked with, that Paul walked along with in the faith and knew that he had to have them and they had to have him to further the gospel. Romans chapter 16. I wish their names were John, Ted, and Sam, but they're not. But here's what he says in Romans 16, verse 3. Greet Prisca and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but all the churches of the Gentiles give thanks as well. They risked their neck for my sake, and I'm thanking them. And not only me, but all the, whole, the whole church. Greet also the church in their house. Greet my beloved Sam, not even going to try that one, who was the first convert to Christ in Asia. Greet Mary, there's a good one, who has worked hard for you. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my kinsmen, my fellow prisoners. They, they were well known to the apostles and they were in Christ before me. Greet Amphilitus my beloved in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ, my beloved Stachus. Greet Apelles, who approved, who is approved in Christ. Greet those who belong to the family of Aristobulus. Greet my kinsman, Herodim. Greet those who are in the Lord, who belong to the family of Narcissus. Greet those workers in the Lord. Trophania, Trophosa, greet my beloved Persis, who has worked hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus in the Lord, also his mother, and who has, who has been a mother to me as well. Greet, um, I've already used Sam. Greet Tom, greet John, greet Howard, greet Pat, greet, greet all these people. Paul is pouring out to you and he's pouring out to me as he's writing the end of the epistle to the Romans. He's saying, I wouldn't be here without all these people. I wouldn't be this far along. The gospel wouldn't be this far along without all these people helping. 
you greet them. You love them. You come alongside them and you walk with them. Paul understood. And he writes to the folks in Philippi. He writes to the folks in Rome. He writes to every letter that he writes. He's thanking for these people. And guess what? Even in the moments, in the times where people are leaving him, he knows he needs them and he writes and he rebukes them. This guy left me. This guy just turned tail and he went home. This guy, this man, this woman, they weren't there. They weren't connected. They weren't growing. You and I need each other. Second Paul, as he closes out this end of the chapter in Philippians chapter 1, A couple of things hit me at the second and final point this morning is this. Live in a manner that is worthy of the gospel. Live in a manner that is worthy of the gospel. Your last week, did you live in it? In a manner that was worthy of the gospel? Your last 24 hours, did you live it in a manner that was worthy of the gospel? You and I don't know if we're going to have 24 more hours. We don't know if we're going to have 24 more years. We don't know when the end of our lives are going to be. However long it is, we are to live it in a manner that is worthy of the gospel. Last night I was sitting in a fellowship hall of a church with my dad's family all around. My dad has three living sisters and they are scattered from Los Angeles to Georgia. And all their kids. And my grandmother turned 90 years old and we were celebrating my grandmother turning 90. And uh, all the great-grandkids were around my grandmother, their great-grandmother, and I was sitting in the back, and I was just thinking about this family. The last time we got together, there was another sister who um, went to be with Jesus this summer. The last time we got together, there was a, there was a wife that's no longer there because of a divorce. There was a child that was there that's gone and I was thinking we will never meet again more than likely all of us in this group I was thinking about this passage knowing that I was going to preach this this morning I saw my cousin whose mom died a, a about six weeks ago, eight weeks ago now. And she was just bawling, looking at all the pictures. and Just went and hugged her. But my thought was, is this family living in a manner worthy of the gospel? I'm in that family, and we talked about this last week. I'm in that 
family. God put me at 34 Tanner Cove. He didn't put you at 34 Tanner Cove. I have neighbors that you don't have. You have neighbors that I don't have that I probably will never have unless I live in the house that you live in. But he has you right there to live in a manner worthy of the gospel. He has you at the job that He has you at right now to live in a manner worthy of the gospel. He has you in a classroom to take those classes and and do it in such a manner that is worthy of the gospel. And because Paul understood it, he says, for me to live is Christ and for me to die is gain. Paul states in Galatians chapter 2, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that's living. So I'm not even the one that's living physically right now because I've been crucified with Christ. The old man is dead. I am now new. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You and I have been commanded to live according to to the gospel. You were called and I was called to live differently from this world. Romans chapter 12 verses 1 through 5. Paul states this. I appeal to you therefore brothers by the mercies of God. To present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable to God. Which is our spiritual worship. Don't be conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body, we have many members, and the members... Do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ. And individually, members one of another. Paul wrote to the people at Philippi. And he writes for you and for me today to understand here is what your calling is. The reason God has given you breath today. The reason that you are not six feet under. The reason that once you bowed the knee and confessed with the mouth, he didn't immediately just take you home with him for all eternity. And it is this. It is for you and me to understand that the manner in which we are to live is for the gospel. And when you and I do that, we see lives changed. We see lives changed at Philippi. We see lives changed at Hernando. We see lives changed in our household. Because we understand that there is something greater than us. That is there. Let me try to apply it to your life and to mine this morning and I'll close. You and I have the opportunity to link together with others who are going through life just like you are. We have the opportunity to link together with people that had a week like I did. We have the opportunity to link together, connect together with people that had a week of losing a mom or a dad, losing a job, 
losing our temper. So that as we go through those weeks and as we go through those days, we can help one another so that we can make it. Because every single one of us, every single one of us, have found ourselves blowing up at our spouse or our kids, our co-workers, our neighbors, our family, our mom, our dad. We've all failed to speak when we know that we're supposed to speak. We've all missed opportunities to speak into somebody's life. But at the same time, we've also all been there, more than likely we've all been there when we didn't blow up at the spouse. And we didn't blow up at the kids. And we actually took this word that says a soft answer turns away wrath. We're like, wow, that actually worked. We've been there and we've actually spoken the words to that person that was going through that struggle. And we've seen God work. And what can we do? We can come alongside you. Man, I have been there. I know what you're going through. I have been in a similar position, and here's what I did. Don't do what I did. Don't blow up like I did. Do what I did. Say that in a soft tone. Don't go there. I know that he's going to want to fight. I know that he's going to want to just blow up on you. Don't give him the opportunity. Don't give her the opportunity. Keep your mouth shut, Brian. Pray. And watch God work. We have seen miracles happen. We have seen God answer prayers. We have seen God change hearts. We have seen God change eternities. And He is still at work today. Wednesday night, I, after I preached for Brother Al, we went to Steak and Shake and sat across from him and I just started asking him questions. He's 78, I'm 40 and I'm going to catch up with him because I'm getting older, but I just sat across the table and I kept asking him questions. He's been in the ministry for 57 years. Here's the question I asked him, Wade. You'll get a kick out of it. We're talking about the spirit-filled life. We're talking about walking with God. And I asked him this question. I said, how do you keep it? I've been there, and I've had him. And it's different, folks. It is. Because he's there. And for no reason that I could discern in me, just not there. And I asked him, and I, I, he looked at me and he pointed his finger at me. He said, Brian, you've got to come to the point where you totally surrender. You can't just want to do it. Yeah, I kind of, I know that I need to do it. You got to come to the point that you totally surrender to Him. You and I, 
River Bend, we have got to come to the point. If we, if we want to see Him work in us, if we want to see Him work through us as a church, we just got to come to the point where we totally surrender and say, All right, Lord, you do whatever you want to do at River Bend. You do whatever you want to do. We won't control it. We want to see you work and you move. And the same has to happen in your life and in my life. And it's kind of like this as I close. It's kind of like standing on the edge of the cliff. And the question goes, not, all right, I'm going to step off and I'm going to free fall. It's, I'm going to step off and I'm going to trust him. I'm going to trust him. Because he absolutely loves you more than you love yourself. You've got to believe that. If not, you'll be just like he wrote in Philippians chapter 1. You'll be selfish and you'll think more highly of yourself than you ought to think. And you'll think, you know what, I'm better than this. I deserve more than this. No, you don't. No, I don't. We deserve hell, and that's it. Heavenly Father, I bow before you. Lord, it's a different message this morning. And God, that's okay. Father, I pray that it was different, not just the direction that I took, but Father, it was different because you spoke into our lives. For Lord, we needed to hear from you and I needed to hear from you. And I thank you for the reminder that it is me surrendering to you. Father, the invitation is yours. Father, you know each and every heart that is here. Lord, every single one of us look on the outside and you look at the heart. Right now, would you look at our hearts? And Father, would you bring to our minds what needs to change in our hearts that we might link together that we might live in a manner that is worthy of the calling that you have called us to for truly nothing else matters nothing else matters sir the altar is open for you this morning ma'am the altar is open for you to come and just kneel Kneel at the cross and leave, leave the sin that so easily has entangled you. Let his blood cover it and leave it there. That struggle that just keeps coming up, why don't you crucify it there at the cross and give it to him? Why don't you come and live the way that he called you to live. Not like the Gentiles who are tossed to and fro by all the senses. Not like a little child, but be a 
a grown woman, be a grown man spiritually mature. The invitation is for you today. Would you come and obey?